never been the same since. Well, that explains a lot about him. I assure you, my boy, I stood up for you. I looked the old man in the watery eye and said, We all have our off days, but Jumbo's a cleanly, hard-working fellow, as a rule. I have never felt afraid of him for one moment in the seventeen years he's been in my care. He muttered something impertinent about that proving my arrogance rather than your safety. I believe it's gone to your head, Scott. What has, Superintendent? Jumbo's fame. You fancy yourself the cock of the walk. I drew myself up. If I enjoy a certain position in this establishment, if I was awarded a medal back in 66, that is due to having bred, nursed, and reared more exotic animals and birds than any other living man. He pursed his lips. Not to mention the fortune you pocket from those tuppenny rides. The nerve! Aren't I the one who helps the kiddies up the ladder, and leads Jumbo round the gardens, and makes sure they don't topple off? By rights, the cash should be half yours, lad. But what use would it be to you? You like to mouth the coins with your trunk and slip them into my pocket. The superintendent plucked at his beard. Be that as it may, it's inequitable, bad for morale. You're all charm when it earns you tips, Scott, but flagrantly rude to your superiors in this society, and as for your fellow keepers, they're nervous of saying a word to you these days. That crew of ignorami. I have plenty of conversation, I told him, but I save it for those as appreciate it. They call you a tyrant. Well, I laughed. After all, I'm the fifteenth child of seventeen. No silver spoons in my infant mouth. A humble son of toil, who's made good in a precarious profession, and I need apologise to nobody. We don't mind the piddling tiddlers of this world, do we, boy? We just avert our gaze. There's a crate sitting outside on the grass this morning. Pitch pine planking, girded with iron, on a kind of trolley with wheels. Gives me a funny feeling. It's twelve feet high, as near as I can guess. That's just half a foot more than you. Nobody said a word to me about it. Best to mind my own business, I suppose. This place, there's too much gossip and interference already. It'll be time to stretch a leg soon, boy. The kiddies will be lined up outside in their dozens. They missed you yesterday, when it was raining. Here, kneel down, and we'll get your harder on. Yes, yes, I'll remember to put a double fold of blanket under the corner where it was rubbing. Aren't your toenails looking pearly after that scrub I gave them? There's two men out there by the crate now, setting up some kind of ramp. I don't like the looks of this at all. If this is what I think it is, it's too blooming much. I'm off to the superintendent's office. None of this please make an appointment. Here's a sack of oats to be getting on with. Oh, don't take on. Hush your bellowing. I'll be back before you miss me. Well, Jumbo, I can bloody spit. Pardon my French, but there are moments in a man's life on this miserable earth... And to think, the superintendent didn't give me so much as a word of warning. 
Just fancy, after all these years of working at the society together, after the perils he and I have run, sawing off that rhinoceros's deformed horn and what not, it makes me shudder, the perfidiousness of it. Oh, thank you, says I, to tell me what's afoot in the matter of my elephant. Yours, Scott, says he with a curl of the lip. Figure of speech, says I. As keeper here thirty-one years, man and boy, I take a natural interest in all property of the society. He was all stuff and bluster. I'd got him on the wrong foot. Since you inquire, says he, I must inform you that Jumbo is now the property of another party. Didn't I stare? Which other party? His beard began to tremble. Mr. P. T. Barnum. The Yankee showman? He couldn't deny it. Then wasn't there a row, not half. My dear boy.